We would like to thank your sponsor, Valley First, a division of First West Credit Union and a member-owned financial cooperative serving the Okanagan, Similkameen, and Thompson regions. They offer a wide range of banking and investment services for individuals and families. Valley First also has a talented business and commercial team to provide the expertise, products, and services local businesses need to grow and thrive. Hello everyone and welcome to Business Matters presented by Valley First, a division of First West Credit Union. My name is Rob Capello. I'm the Chief Strategy Officer at Now Media Group. Today we welcome Scott Chambers back to Business Matters. Scott, welcome. Thank you for joining. Thank you. It's great to be back. Scott is a partner at Dope Chef LLP and he's making his fourth appearance on Business Matters. So you're, you're as, as regular as a regular could be on Business Matters. So. <laughs> <laughs> Who would have thought such a thing? <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, it's interesting because, uh, you know, we reached over email and, and when it comes to employment law, uh, I find that there is a lot of changes. Like you could, you could make it a regular segment because there's, and there's probably a lot of uncertainty when it comes from the employer side. But today we're going to talk about more of the employee side is what we're going to focus on, right? So... Yeah, and they're kind of, uh, I mean, it's two sides of the same coin, and uh, but uh, certainly um, with COVID and and which started as temporary layoffs and then it became terminations in the economy, um, uh, employment has become a prevalent factor, even with curb payments, everything has been new. So uh, now with we've got mandatory vaccination questions, that's kind of uh, tapering off now because the, the safeguards are going down, but uh, that's kind of a, the environment we're living in. So everything seems to be changing constantly and terminations yeah. are on the rise. So <laughs> <laughs> okay. well, let's, let's try to unpack some of it before we jump into maybe some employment questions. I'm curious just you know, what are things look like for you guys over the last few months? Like, you know, at Doak and your practice and how's business been for you? And and has it changed the way, you know, I'm assuming you're calling in from home and, you know, yeah. so, you know, how, how has that changed for, for you guys? I think uh, initially in COVID, we, we went, everyone went remote. Right. And now um, I think most people are back, but it's kind of a hybrid system where some people are doing some work from home. Some people come into the office. Uh, a lot of court appearances are still done remotely. So uh, uh, we, we don't have to actually attend court anymore. So that makes uh, life easier working remotely. But it seems to be certainly a new way of life for, for most is that it's going to be either uh, strictly work from home, strictly work in the office, or it's going to be a hybrid model going forward I think I never thought about the court side do you think that's something that in some situations you can't do it for all is it going to stay now because it, they've adapted this new way or for certain things is it forever going to be now that you'll just be able to call in I, I think, or I hope so. I mean, it certainly saves clients a great deal of yeah. money not having to, when we do, like I say, for a chamber's application, uh, we go to court and we, we might have to sit there the entire day to speak to something for 10 minutes because uh, the way the scheduling works. So uh, certainly doing it by remote or telephone appointments or, or Zoom appointments, it certainly, it, you can dictate your schedule a lot better. Um, I did do a live trial in February and it was quite interesting because we had the COVID barriers. We all had to wear masks. Masks. Uh, it was an odd way to be in court, but uh, certainly they've, they've done um, uh, matters by remote for two years now. So I think it kind of advanced the court system and kind of got yeah. it caught up to the rest of the world. Yeah. <laughs> so we're going to dig into a few topics, but since our last discussion, it's been a few months now, um, 
and this is maybe a, a, a big question to unpack, but what's new in employment law as we come out of COVID and, and a lot of changes have happened recently, like, you know, the mask and vaccine passport mandates have come off. So what, what are some highlights that you could speak about when it comes to employment law? Um, I probably the, the biggest uh, changes coming out of COVID, uh, I think, are, are pertaining to mandatory masking uh, protocols at the workplace. Uh, or sorry, not masking, sorry, mandatory vaccination protocols at the workplace um, and uh, resistance to that because a lot of the uh, federal and provincial uh, health code by, or health uh, mandates came down and, and it made um, whether you got vaccinated or not a distinction whether or not you got fired or not. And the question and became, are you being fired for cause or terminated for cause or without cause? Um, and that created a whole bed of issues. And that, that is tapering off a little now, but there's been a lot of damage done as a lot of people have lost their jobs because they either, either didn't want to get the vaccine or wouldn't prove that they got the vaccine. And there's some privacy issues, there's some medical rights issues there. Uh, so that's kind of in the works. Uh, the law is really unfolding as we kind of move through all these cases. Uh, there's no determinative answer whether uh, uh, vaccine policy is mandatory or not. So that was kind of the biggest hurdle as we came out of COVID. Uh, I think we thought it was going to be a lot more of the layoffs becoming terminations, but the, the vaccine really took off. Um, the other thing is the changes in the Employment Standards Act. Now we have uh, personal sick days, which we never had before. So they now get, uh, as an employee, provincially regulated employees uh, under the Employment Standards Act, get paid sick days now, which I think is a great ad advance. Uh, it's been long in, in the coming. Uh, before you could get three unpaid sick days that were protected by the Employment Standards Act. So if you were sick, you couldn't get fired, uh, but there was no mechanism to have paid sick days. And now that's been implemented. So it, it's, it's not a really a big deal, perhaps for a higher level income earners, but people that are living paycheck to paycheck, the option of going into work either sick or um, not getting paid, it, you don't, you can't make that option. So uh, I think that's a good, good piece of legislation that came into effect after COVID too. So a couple of things to unpack there. So if we circle back to the mandatory vaccine policies, like what's happening around that right now? Are, can they still be in, like, are employer, employers still enforce, enforce them? Can they be like, what's that look like? And I know there's a little bit of a gray area because I think, you know, they've been lifted in, you know, public, let's say, for yeah. lack of a better word, but how does that change the, when I'm going into an office? It, it, it's, it's weird. It's, uh, the <laughs> dynamic is really strange. And, and because the, the courts haven't come down with a, uh, a definition of whether or not this is, is legal and what kind of basis of termination it is, we're kind of working in that gray area. And even lawyers disagree. Uh, there, it, some people believe that the, the, implementation of a vaccine policy in any workplace is, is uh, unjustified and, and should be opposed. Others are taking a more flexible approach where uh, as long as vaccine policies are limited to the uh, uh, sectors or industries that are mandated under public health, like uh, hospitals and uh, care homes, then maybe the vaccine policy is justified there. So there, it is a bit of a moving target, so we don't know. But essentially, if an employee has uh, an employment agreement that's silent on terms of their employment uh, or policy changes, uh, then the employer is in essentially imposing a new term of their employment, and that could be constructive dismissal. So that we're, we're seeing kind of both sides of the coin. And it's not necessarily anti-vaxxers, it's just people that want to keep their privacy protected and don't want to disclose this information to their employer. And, and that's really what the fight is about. 
you know, and it's interesting because I see it, there's still a few places where the employers, especially like, I'll say food and beverage, like some, some coffee, but the, the, the employees are still wearing masks. Yeah. So I'm assuming it's, is that a policy from that business or did they just give people the option you think like, and I know you can't answer because you don't know who, but you know, going to a Starbucks, the employees are, most of them are still wearing masks or fault, if not all. Yeah. I, I think with masking policies, uh, most businesses were following uh, the public health uh, requirements. Uh, now that those have been eased off, uh, it seems to be um, whether you're comfortable wearing one or not. I, I haven't necessarily seen a lot of policies regarding masking. Uh, masking seem to be a lot more readily access, accessible or acceptable than um, uh, the vaccine uh, issues. So uh, we didn't have a lot of resistance to people having to wear masks initially, but uh, certainly vaccine certainly is getting a lot of, and I don't think you'd necessarily have a constructive dismissal argument if you were required to wear a mask at work versus getting a vaccine. I think that would be quite different. Fair enough. So on the paid personal sick leaves, how many, how, it used to be three, how many is it now? Uh, now you can get five uh, okay. paid sick days. Um, uh, so before it was three, now it's up to eight. So you get the original three unpaid, now you can get five paid sick days. Um, I should double check that. It might be the other way around. It, it's early in the morning for me, but I'll double check that. Is it a calendar year? Like, is it from, I'm curious how that works. So is it for the calendar year or is it from the date you hire 12 months? Like, how does that work? Uh, it's, it's based on the calendar year, yeah. but it, it does apply to every employment situation. As long as you're uh, covered by the employment Standards Act, which is subject to a number of exceptions of certain industries. It's pretty much every employee in uh, BC is covered by that. Uh, so it, a lot of uh, people got paid vacations anyway, so it wasn't a big deal, but there is that minority uh, of people that don't get paid, sorry, paid sick days. And this is a, a very good piece of legislation in that regard. Interesting. Is there a difference then, like, or what is the difference? Because I assume there is between federally and provincially mandated industries and let's say other non federal provincial yeah. like so what's the difference when it comes to some of the things that we're talking about there's some subtleties, but essentially um, uh, federally regulated are usually uh, industries that are um, uh, national. So like airlines, couriers, um, uh, things like that. So they, they've got a, a national presence. They are federally regulated. So they go under uh, like the, uh, the, the or sorry, the labor, uh, the labor code of Canada versus uh, the Employment Standards Act. There is some exceptions in the Employment Standards Act for certain industries, for example, like lawyers, we can't get overtime and management can't get overtime and things of that nature. Interesting. Um, so one of the big topics, you could probably do a whole session on this, is sort of that whole work from home, working remotely. Um, it's really changed, I would assume, the dynamic when it comes to employment law. And, and, you know, and I'm curious if you could speak around that, you know, how that's changed when it comes to employment law. And then I'm always curious, do employees that work remotely or work from home, do they have different rules than an employee that works in an office? Yeah, technically, no, no. I mean, an employee, when you're at work, you're at work. So, uh, I mean, it, it's interesting because I think prior to COVID, when when working from home was a little more of a, uh, a specialty, shall we right. say, um, I, there was always the assumption that those people working from home interrupt their day with TV and extended breaks or dips yeah. in the pool or whatever. Um, and, and now I think everyone's realized that most people are responsible enough to work through their day. Um, a lot of industries... Like, 
mean, law, uh, particularly, it, it's pretty catered to working remotely because we don't have a lot of face-to-face -face meetings with our clients. And now the court's remote, we can do everything remotely. So that is certain industries certainly lend themselves to that. And I, and I think that's going to become the norm going forward. Uh, but technically, I guess your home becomes your workplace. So you'd be covered by WorkSafe and issues like that arise. But I think those are all going to get hammered out as we move through the next couple of years with those kind of subtleties of, of the legislation and how it applies to work from home environments. Uh, it, it'd be interesting to see how uh, dynamics at workplaces work change, I think, too, with, with uh, so many people working remote, you just don't see people. So it's, it will certainly change the dynamic of that as well. I'm curious, and I know we, I think we kind of explored this when we, you know, last uh, talked a while back, but has do contracts change like because you're not in office anymore it, I guess I'm putting a couple hats on but you know now that you're working from home does that change the agreement between an employer and an employee um you know you don't have you don't have to drive to work so you're saving on I, I, yeah. I'm, I'm not saying this is right or wrong I'm just you know just posing the question is you know you're, you're not using you know coffees in the office you're not like I don't know like is there is there does that change the the agreement between the employer and the employee because now they're working from home or can it change it? I think, uh, well, retroactive changes to any employment agreements are, are always quite difficult and usually yeah. have to get fresh consideration. Um, it's a complicated way and just okay. to navigate the law in that regard. But uh, certainly um, going forward, I think if you're hiring somebody who's going to be part-time at home or full-time at home and not coming into the office, the contract should specify that and there should be certain provisions, um, uh, certainly put, at least have their mind put to it. So like for example, safety issues and things of that right. nature. Um, it, it, obviously, sitting in front of a, a Zoom computer, safety issues are, are minimized unless like something collapses at your house. But if you're working in an industry where you're you're do, making materials or something, maybe risk goes up. So uh, certainly, I think amend, uh, with this kind of new advent of, of hybrid and or exclusively remote work, I would certainly get that explicitly outlined in an employment agreement. And if, if it is a change going forward, certainly uh, you can do retroactive changes to your employment agreement, but there, there is some provisions to make them legally enforceable. What about from an employee point of view then? What about, is there things I have to worry about like insurance or technology or like, I don't know, like, do I, you know, I don't have a laptop at home and most people do nowadays. Yeah. Like, what about all that? Like from, or insurance, like what if something happens in my home while I'm working, quote unquote, or like, do I have, is there things I should be considering? I think definitely, because certainly um, if you are working from home and it was normally a job that you would have at an office or in a, in a factory or wherever, um, and, and you can do that at home, your workplace is now your home. So certainly the rules of occupational health and safety would technically apply now to your home, which might be a bit of an arduous undertaking for, for some employees. Uh, other employees, it's just, it's an easy transition and safety isn't a really concerned, but, but certainly the, um, the, the transition from workplace, uh, from being in an office per se to at home, uh, there is a, a lot of changes that are gonna come through. And I think insurance is a big one. Um, certainly um, uh, workplace safety and occupational health, there should be some amendments perhaps for a home environment because you're not gonna have the same sort of necessary regulations for uh, a non-home environment. Interesting. Um, you mentioned constructive dismissal. Um, can you explain what constructive dismissal is and why we're seeing maybe an increase in that right now? Uh, I'll, I'll do my best. Constructive, constructive <laughs> dismissal is a, uh, it's a, it's a, 
pretty messy legal concept, but it's essentially what happens is you're working at your job and your employer uh, uh, unilaterally changes part of a term of your employment. And what that change could be, it could be as uh, a change in pay, a demotion, um, a change in title, a change in location. So say maybe they want to, you're based in Kelowna for your career, but now they want you to be based in, in Kamloops or Calgary or wherever. Um, when an employer unilaterally imposes that on an employee saying like, well, we're, we're cutting your pay by 10,000 or uh, you're no longer the district manager, you're going to be uh, a regional manager, if that's a demotion, I'm not sure, right. whatever uh, the case may be, it's worth talking to a lawyer about that change in your employment role, because if it is fundamental, technically your employer has to give you reasonable notice of that change. So if, if they don't give you the reasonable notice of the change, and it can be working notice, it could be, say, if you have to give four or five months of working notice, you just say to the individual, uh, in five months, we're changing your title to whatever, we're changing your pay. If you don't agree, your term, your, your employment ends. If you do agree, this is the new terms of your employment. But a lot of employers don't do that. They just make a unilateral change and you get notice the day of that you're suddenly getting paid different or you're going to have to go to another location or any combination of changes to your employment. Um, those can constitute a dismissal. But constructive dismissal gets weird because you're still technically employed. They've just changed right. your role. So yeah. So in order to assert a claim, you technically have to quit. So before anyone, I'm going to tell anyone to quit their job, uh, I certainly want to talk to them first to make sure you've got an argument for. And often you can avoid uh, actual quitting and, and negotiate something with your employer that's fair to everybody and, and makes the transition uh, better for everyone. So there are ways around it, but it's a it's a messy area. And, and often people come to us and clearly they've been constructively dismissed. And then we have to put on a fight to, to get uh, what they're entitled to for that change in their employment, or if they're being like harassed or bullied at work, uh, same thing. It's it, you, you're, you're supposed to have a safe work environment. So if you don't, you've got a constructive dismissal claim. So if, if I'm an employee and I think this is happening to me, like what, what are the steps you recommend that I take and, and when do I, like when is it time to like, I need to call it's it's hard. I've had some employees call me and it's it's months before they're actually either technically terminated or the changes in their employment were documenting everything for a series or a progression of time to see if there's going to be a fundamental change. Because often employers use that as a tactic to terminate employees. So it, it, rather than paying out their notice, they'll change their job to make the job kind of unpleasant and you don't want to be there. Or they cut you out of communications and suddenly you can't do anything and you sit at your desk all day kind of twiddling your thumbs and surfing the internet that's all constructive dismissals so technically the employer is trying to get rid of you so you get just fed up of surfing the internet and you quit then they don't have to pay you a severance package so this kind of is the argument to that stop changing my role to try to get me to quit you have to give me notice the law says you have to and this is what i'm entitled to so in the end if there's if there is a demotion uh or a change um, let's say a demotion, instead of giving the demotion, if you want to get a, if an employee, if an employer wants to get rid of an employee and just gives them notice. Yeah. 
is everything good? <laughs> yeah, there, there are ways to avoid a claim of constructive submission. Right. So like it, certainly if an employee, you, you want to demote them, say they're not performing at the right. position they should be, and, but they'd be great in a, like a lesser right. position. Um, and you could go up to them and say, look, we're, you're not performing well here. We want to transition you to this other uh, position. It is a demotion. There's going to be a change in salary or whatever, but put the person on notice and then continue them in that role for whatever the notice period right, should right. be that you'd have to talk to a lawyer about to determine the exact amount. Um, and then at that day, she has, or the employee has a choice. I can either continue in this lesser role at a lesser pay and the employer's fine and everyone's got a choice and, and, and they can move on. Or I don't want to work for a lesser role and right. I don't want to work for lesser pay. So I'm leaving. But if they've been given adequate notice, then they don't have a claim. It's it's really that notice part of the change in the position that comes into play. It's it's a lot of uh, murky waters that you go through, right? When it comes yeah, to it is. And there's a lot of because not every situation is the same. That's the thing, right? And, no. and it sounds like we're in a we're with COVID, we're in the pandemic, we're in a, an area where there there isn't any hard rules necessarily that are it sounds like they're still trying to figure out the courts are still trying to figure some of these things out right so it is and and constructive dismissal for example is very right. fact-based so like the vaccine is a, a prime uh constructive dismissal argument because now the right. employer is saying i must be vaccinated to do my right. job well that wasn't a term that i agreed to when you hired me why is right. it a term now so that's constructive dismissal so those are the arguments but the courts haven't determined what industries are that the vaccine would apply for that dismissal argument or not so we're kind of testing the water still on those are you are you seeing a lot of these cases like is there a, is there is there a, a massive rise because i would assume with the vaccine with certain industries you, i would think that there'd be you know a lot of the phones would be ringing yeah certainly um certainly in the healthcare industry uh i, I there's there is a a large number of cases and they're not necessarily being argued in the courts per se right. they might be industries that are regulated by their own college or right. uh society uh, like the law society or the the college right. of physicians and surgeons or um, nurses and things of that nature so the, the the arguments are happening at kind of that level at the moment with tribunal decisions and then i think because the courts are a little slower, it's going to slowly trickle. And then eventually, maybe the Supreme Court will make a decision and it will alleviate everything. And then we'll just wait for the next issue to come along. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, I have a couple more questions before I do. A, 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 we, we do a segment called Would You Rather? Just get to know you a little bit. We're going to have some fun questions. It's 10 questions. They're just fun questions to see uh, your personality a little bit. Personality of a lawyer. Okay, well, that's frightening. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um, would you rather have all traffic lights to your approach be green or never have to stand in line again? Oh, I hate standing in line. So, yeah, probably that. At least at a red light, you can listen to music. <laughs> um, would you rather have a rewind button or a pause button on your life? Oh. I'm sure my my wife would say a pause button, but I think I probably prefer rewind. <laughs> she wants to pause you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, would you, if you're a force to, would you rather sing or dance in front of your coworkers? Oh man, well, uh, the, the Christmas part, last Christmas party we had. So in nine, when would that have been? 2019. Uh, I did some ugly dancing, so I think. Oh, it's did not, you? This, yeah, it's not not pretty. <laughs> <laughs> um, would you rather be the funniest person in the room or the smartest person in the room? Oh, smartest by far. <laughs> Would you rather travel the world for a year, all expense pays, or have $100,000 to spend on whatever you want? 
Uh, I think right now it'd probably take a hundred grand. Okay. Yeah, I've traveled already. I could yeah, take something a break you want from to that. Buy. You're quick. It's like something you want to buy. <laughs> well, I mean, a hundred grand isn't. It, it doesn't go as far as it no, used to. True. So it's. Uh, I mean, maybe maybe if it was a million, it might change the, yeah, the answer. But <laughs> um, would you rather live in a haunted house or in the middle of a desert? Probably in the desert. <laughs> okay. Uh, are you? Would you rather lounge by the pool or are you someone that would rather sit on the beach? Oh, I'm more of a lounge at the pool. Yeah, yeah. Uh, would you rather go out for fine dining or stay in an order on a Friday night? What do you oh, prefer? Well, COVID, it's pretty much stay in an order, but uh, certainly going out. I think, uh, yeah, my wife and I, would, we like going out and having nice a really dinners. nice meal. Yeah. yeah, we're both foodies. So anytime we don't have to cook because nobody appreciates, the kids don't appreciate our food here. So. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, would you rather always have a full phone battery or a full gas tank? Uh, full gas tank. Yeah, I guess now, especially nowadays. <laughs> yeah. Right? And last one, would you rather only be able to use a fork, no spoon, or only be able to use a spoon or no fork for the rest of your life? Are you a spoon wow. or fork person? I think I'm a fork person. <laughs> awesome. We ask everybody that question. I'm going to tabulate it at the end and see where if we got spoon or fork people. So. Oh, okay. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> awesome. Thanks for playing along. So a couple more questions. Um, one of the big things we hear is, is it's hard to hire right now. Mm -hmm. right, that's one thing we hear a lot. So I'm wondering, how does this apply everything we're talking about to foreign workers? So there's a lot of people that are listening, a lot of people in our, in our you know, in the Okanagan that will hire foreign workers. So when it comes to that, do they fall under all the same rules and regulations that we're talking about today? Yeah, the Employment Standards Act applies to everybody as long as you're covered by it. So those federal, federally regulated and those certain exceptions uh, are, are covered by it. So certainly um, regarding minimum wage and overtime, um, certainly foreign workers, uh, often and certainly in the interior uh, a lot of people working on the orchards I mean it's tough backbreaking labor and and they're easy to take advantage of because of the, uh, whether it's a, a cultural or language barrier but they're entitled to the same rights that everybody else is so uh, pretty much whatever the Employment Standards Act says goes for them as well and it, it applies if you're part-time full-time uh, seasonal it doesn't really make any difference interesting okay and I think I read this right, so I apologize, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe in Ontario, they enforced a no non-compete rule uh, in Ontario. Is that, if, A, is that, do I have that right? And second, is that the same in BC? It's not the same in BC, and it's kind of an odd legislation in Ontario. I used to practice in Ontario, so I, I have a bit of a, a understanding. Wrong. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, the, the 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 bottom line when it comes to an employment situation is that non-competes are, are non-competition agreements is what they're really called. Okay. They're generally um, uh, unenforceable uh, at court. Um, there are some enforceable specific industries if you've got very specific IT or, or trade or a pattern of doing some maybe the non-compete uh, you might have only one competitor and that would be the per place where the employee would go um, but generally they're they're considered non-enforceable because the idea of of all employment law is to get people back to work so it, the money and the severance package is just to compensate them for the period where they're not earning money um, but i think uh basically just Sorry, I lost my train of thought. Um, but I think that's that 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 that's really uh, how it will operate going forward. Right. So the 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 rules they put in Ontario really are 
they're there, but they were already there kind of anyways. <laughs> yeah, they were already there. Now they've legislated it. And I think the idea was just to get people back into the office and more, or back to work. Because if you a lot of industries with COVID, there was a lot of uh, layoffs, a lot of terminations, a lot of turnover. Um, right. and, and now you've got people that are stuck with these non-competition agreements and they can't work or they're prohibited from working. If they challenged it, probably they'd be able to challenge it effectively anyway. Uh, so why, why not legislate it? So, and, and there's certainly conditions in the legislation it's not like you just can't have one it's there, there's specific parameters so got it um so if i'm if i'm an employee and um you know there's there's a lot that i've gone through over the last you know couple of years for sure but i have some more questions i want some clarity you know how do they what's the best way to reach out um, um, certainly, uh, certainly, you can reach out to us uh, at our uh, office through our website, uh, Dope Sheriff. Uh, we have a 1-800 number. It's 1-800-661-4759. Uh, I'm just testing myself now, so I might have to correct <laughs> that. Um, and, and certainly, you can email us, employmentlaw at Dope Sheriff, uh, or just go through the website, Dope Sheriff. Also, I have a Facebook and a Twitter. And, whatever else <laughs> so right. there so they can I, I'm, down and find you yeah yeah i mean i'm pretty easy to find uh, and and the internet is a great resource the the government uh, has a lot of resources particularly with worksafe their website is great uh for for information uh, a lot of your questions can be asked but if you get into the mud in your employment situation or you get terminated and you don't know what to do certainly just call us we do it every day so we can kind of navigate you through the process it's not as arduous as it sounds and it's uh, you, you can contact Contact me, and I'll, I'll review the matter with you for free. Um, and and it's not it's not as bad as it sounds. Usually, we don't ever go to court. Things don't ever go right, that far. Right. We negotiate a resolution pretty quickly. Employment law is one of those areas where uh, everyone kind of knows what the outcome is going to be. So we can we can reach resolutions earlier and effectively. Uh, it's not like these drawn out cases like family law or criminal law right. or, or commercial litigation. It's a it's a different beast. So certainly, reach out, contact us, and we can help. Yeah, and it's good because sometimes you just don't know. As an employee, you yeah. know what, you know, just being able to have that discussion and understand what your rights are, for lack of a better word, is, is important, right? So you yeah. don't, don't let it escalate to something it doesn't need to be. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, a lot of people aren't unionized now, so you don't have the benefit of having a union rep that you can talk right. and ask right. questions to. So if you don't have that, I mean, you can certainly reach out to, to us. And if it's not a legal matter that we can address, we'll certainly point you in the right direction. And a lot of a lot of services can be accessed uh, self-serve now. So it's not, right. Right. But, but even if we have to get involved, it, it's really, it's not that arduous. It's, yeah. um, it, it's not as terrifying as a lot of people think. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Lawyers can be nice too. Yeah, so. there you go. Yeah. <laughs> well, Scott, thank you for uh, coming on uh, Business Fairs today. Uh, I think it's really good, valuable insight. I think just because there's so many changes, I think it's it's good to check in. And like I said, you you know you've been on four times because yep. things change so often, and you know. And I think you'll probably be back in a few months again because things are going to change again. So yeah, it was good to kind of give everyone. I know this. We kind of just skimmed the surface, but like, hopefully, peep, there's some value. And like you said, if anyone has any questions, they can track you down on social media or through the website and, and reach out to you. So perfect. I appreciate it. Okay. No thank you very much. Thank you for joining everyone else. Have a great rest of your day and thank you for tuning into business matters. Thanks Scott. Thanks. We would like to thank your sponsor Valley first a division of first West credit union and a member owned financial cooperative serving the Okanagan, Similkameen and Thompson regions. They offer a wide range of banking and investment services for individuals and families. 
Valley First also has a talented business and commercial team to provide the expertise, products, and services local businesses need to grow and thrive.